1: Welcome into the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. I want to remind everybody that today's podcast is brought to you by Rock Auto. Any type of selection that you need for your vehicle with really low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Head over to rockauto.com. I'm very glad to be joined by my next guest, who is CJ O'Gara, uh, which is funny because I, I was trying to figure out, all right, he has CJ in his Twitter handle, but then Connor in his actual name. So I didn't know really what to call him, so I guess I went with CJ of Saturday Down South. Is it Connor or is it CJ? Which, which one is it, man?
0: I'm doing well. You know, surprisingly, I went through a phase in, like, second grade where I really wanted to be called DJ, and for a solid three months, it, it caught some steam, and I, I guess like 20 years later, I just decided, you know what, let's just keep the Twitter handle with that as well, and I think there was another of O'Garrett time, so you're not the first person to call me that. Yeah, I am
1: about to say, because that's what threw me off, because usually when I introduce people, I go to their Twitter profile, have it put up, so I'm like, okay, so that way when I introduce them, I whatever they want to go by, and whatever their bio says, I'll mention, so that way I get it right. And then when I see your handle is CJ, I was like, oh, man, see, that's where I got it from. But uh, at least it didn't come from nowhere where I completely got your name wrong to start things off. But, uh, but uh, Connor, I know that obviously there's a lot of things going on in the football world I want to get into with you. But first off, you wrote this article and something we've been discussing pretty heavily this week dealing with Brett Bielema and this lawsuit that he brought against the Razorback Foundation and the University of Arkansas which when I first heard it, it wasn't surprising because I know that they had stopped payments last year on Bread Bioma. But what I was surprised to see is that the response from the Razorback Foundation was saying, hey, not only are we not going to pay you, but we demand that you pay us back all the money we paid to you. So you wrote an article about this story. What do you make of it and what do you think the resolution needs to be?
0: I understand that um, if I if I was paying three football coaches to do one job, I'd be very frustrated, and I'd be upset that I I owe somebody millions of dollars. But that's the reality, and it seems a bit ridiculous to me that the Ar- that the Arkansas Razorback Foundation is going to sit here and say that Bill hasn't tried to seek employment that would offset his salary when it's like. Yeah, I get that's part of the agreement, but we're talking about somebody who is interviewed for power five head coaching jobs. Like Brett Bielema doesn't owe it to Arkansas to go take a group of five head coaching job or to become a coordinator at the power five level if he doesn't want to. Like that's not part of the agreement. And so I think it's interesting to, to see Bielema's lawyers cite Butch Jones as a reason why his payment was totally, you know, within the the you know the, the limitations of the contract. And, you know, seeing that, oh, he made, you know, seven times as much as Butch Jones in twenty nineteen and he'll make eleven times as much as him in twenty twenty. Like of all the things to cite, like that's what they're gonna choose. And I, I get it because Tennessee hasn't turned around and stopped payments for Butch Jones or, or you know, been involved in a lawsuit with him. So yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a bit ridiculous that Arkansas is gonna try and say that they don't own this money when yeah, you can be frustrated as an Arkansas fan that Brett Bielema is making that much money, and that's what the school owes him. But don't sign that contract then. It's pretty simple. Athletic directors sooner or later are going to figure out that these buyouts are absurd. You can't always expect to just get let off the hook, and it seems like that's what this is an example of.
2: So in saying that, Connor, um sounds like you think he deserves all his money. Do you think he'll get all his money?
0: I, I think he's got a really good chance to get all his money because – if you have other cases, you know, in college football where you've seen this, you know, there, there's a precedent that's been set. And, yeah, it's a bummer. It is an absolute bummer that he hasn't gotten, for Arkansas State, that he hasn't gotten a Power 5 job at a place like Michigan State or Colorado where there was apparently mutual interest. And they basically said, ah, you know what, you're the can of tuna in the back of the pantry. We don't really want you. Yeah, that's a bummer for Arkansas. That's That's brutal. But, look. If you're if you're supposed to be making these regular payments, to stop them because you feel like his job isn't making enough of that offset money, like is a bit ridiculous to me when, yeah, Chad Morris went out there and he got a power five head coaching job or a power five coordinator job rather. He's not getting any power five head coaching jobs anytime soon. But, you know, that cool, that's him. That's 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 what he was willing to do. I, I do think that Bielema is going to be able to get this money because that's what was agreed to, and Jeff Long, you know, was was one of the people who signed off on this contract, and that's that's reality in the 2010s. We're seeing these buyouts get to ridiculous numbers, and now Arkansas is sitting there, you know, owing three different football coaches excess of seven million dollars.
1: Now, Connor, I have my opinion on it because I know that being someone who covers Arkansas and grew up a Razorback fan, I've seen these contracts, and they're just asinine to me mainly because they keep failing and these guys are having to get owed a lot of money. But I think coaching contracts in college football in itself are pretty ridiculous, especially with the buyouts. Mm -hmm. uh, Because Arkansas is not the only teams or the only programs that's been having to change that and having to deal with that. Do you see at any point in time the market changing where these massive buyouts won't be required? And if so, what's it going to take for that to happen where universities, you know, they're the ones that sign the contracts, but, it also puts them in the bind if they want to keep a quality coach, they're gonna to have to make these buyouts pretty hefty.
0: It makes sense why these buyouts exist in this current fashion. Like I, I get it from from like why this is why this has become such a massive trend in the latter half of the twenty ten. And I say a massive trend because entering the twenty nineteen season there were thirty three FBS head coaches who had buyouts north of ten million dollars. That's an an absurd, absurd thing to think about. And so if you, you're wondering, like, why are these buyouts so ridiculous? Why are these coaches that are underperforming still getting all this money? Why is Chad Morris walking away from Arkansas with $17 million when he won an SEC game? Well, it's because, look, you've had obviously the increase in television revenue. That's been no secret. Teams that are just getting these booming annual TV rights checks that are coming their way on an annual basis. And you look around and you're like, well, okay, that's going to continue to increase. Why wouldn't these buyouts increase when athletic directors, their job security is so closely tied to the success of the head coach of the football program. Yeah, there are other things that athletic directors have to do and that they're going to be judged on. I get that. But look at Arkansas. Jeff Long was fired right before Brett Bielema. Why is Jeff Long fired? So that they can fire Brett Bielema. It makes perfect sense that athletic directors are the ones who are willing to sign off on these massive buyouts when they're like, hey, not my problem. I'm not going to be the one that's going to have to deal with that. So, You've seen that at places like Arkansas, places like Nebraska, and it's just become such, an, such a big, big deal for these programs that are, are stuck with these massive paychecks. What if we come up with a system where we have some sort of incentive based buyout? Crazy thing, right? Like, you know, performance can actually dictate whether or not a coach <laughs> is going to be do all that money, you know, maybe win an SEC game, and then you can get all of that $10 million that you're owed from the university, Chad Morris. But I just think that we need to be able to put, you know, athletic directors and administrators need to be able to put their foot down and say, look, I get it. You never think you're going to have to pay all this buyout. You think the coach is going to get another head coaching job. But you need to figure out a way to make sure that this doesn't happen because it was a brutal trend, and maybe it'll take a pandemic for us to realize that money doesn't always grow on trees.
2: And, Connor, you say that universities need a reality check. What is that reality check?
0: The reality check is you can
2: have a situation
0: like this where you're just sitting there like, man, we're paying three head coaches right now. We're still on the hook for all these different guys. and like, look, you know, maybe maybe Texas A&M would – maybe Texas A&M was, was happy to pay Kevin someone all that money. I get it. But to have to pay him immediately – eight figures to walk away at a time like now when you're like oh yeah we're furloughing university professors and all those different things you know they probably wish that they could have that money back uh, just just a thought and i think that universities now if they if they do have to you know tighten their budgets a little bit can try and look at this from a more practical standpoint say you know what let's let's try and challenge these coaches and and kind of you know go into their the machismo of, of you know these coaches that, that assume that they're gonna be able to win, assume that they're gonna live out the duration of their contract and try and make it so that, yeah, maybe maybe you don't get that entire buyout if you have a winless season in the SEC or, you know, even if that means ballooning that buyout a little bit, you know, if they, you know, win a conference championship, something like that to get this figured out because there are a lot of programs that are going to continue to to struggle with this. And if you have somebody like Brett Bielamo who doesn't wanna necessarily go down that group of five head coaching route You know what? That's kind of what you're left with.
1: We'll continue our discussion with Connor O'Gara here in just a little bit. But first, folks, I want to tell you about this built bar thing. I love it. It's something that has really helped me out. And, and the main reason is is because it's quick and easy, but it's also healthy and it tastes amazing. I mean, what could be better than all of those things? And it's a great deal that we're offering here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast, where if you go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code locked On, you'll get $10 off of your first order. That's, again, Locked On is the promo code, $10 off. They are fantastic. They help you maintain or even lose weight, depending on what you're trying to do. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and, again, Tastes amazing. That's hard to do. It's hard to really pull it off to where you not only find some great protein bars, but ones that actually taste good and are healthy. That's what Build Bar are for. So for all of you health-conscious guys out there, be sure to check out BuildBar.com. Enter in the promo code Locked On. You'll get $10 off your first order.
0: It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one-selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June thirty.
1: Yeah, because I was thinking about it with uh, Sam Pittman. You mentioned the incentive-based buyouts. You know, that's pretty much what Pittman has. Uh, I know that, uh, you know, there's going to be some money to be paid out if it doesn't work out, but it's also showing that, hey, if he has this particular record or if he has over a 500 record by the end of his Mm. tenure, they pay him out a lot more. Like, there is incentive-based because Hunter Jurczyk, the AD of Arkansas, has said many times he believes not winning football games – should be a cause for firing, and you wouldn't have to pay him, even though he, he understands the situation that they're in. But I'm just wondering if something like Sam Pittman was more just because he's just a really nice guy that really wanted the job and really wanted to prove himself, because I don't see any other coaches, at least coaches that feel like what they're worth is something high, ever going about it and being okay and signing off on a contract that's going to be incentive-based on their buyouts.
0: I mean that's going to take it's going to take athletic directors pushing back on that a little bit because I I think that with this, with with how much money they've been rolling in the past five six years, especially in the SEC, especially since the SEC network came into existence in 2014, these TV rights deals have just given them more money than they know what to do with. I think that they really need to take a long hard look at 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 these rising buyouts because it it has changed the way that we talk about college football coaches. Think about this. You know, Will Muschamp last year, if he had a buyout of a million dollars, is Will Muschamp still the head coach at South Carolina? Or is South Carolina calling up Florida State to figure out how to pay $18 million? Or if there's a way that they can possibly do that, like what Florida State had to do with Willie Taggart. I mean, so, like, there's got to be some sort of some sort of reality check for these administrators to basically say, look, I understand that you're a highly touted coach, and we want you. Don't get me wrong, but we've got to figure out a way to make this buyout work. And we can't just assume that you're going to be, you know, given eight figures if you're not doing what you're you're asked to do. Because if you're going to be getting raises for winning eight games like Brett Bielema Mm -hmm. was in year three, then it's got to work on the other end as well. Coaches can't have all the power. There's got to be a way to get this back in line.
2: Do you see this changing anytime soon where there will be those types of buyouts like Sam Pittman? Or do you think the future still will have these massive buyouts?
0: I, I think it's a little bit of both. I, I think that as long as this is the current model, with so much of athletic directors' their, their success tied to the well, to, tied to the football programs, I think this model still, unfortunately, it still kind of lends itself to that. Now, can a, a pandemic in which athletic budgets are, are really, really being hurt badly make make administrations think about this in a different way? I think so. I, I do, and I think that. When you have to start cutting sports, and you're like, wow, well, you know, we're cutting all these sports, and it'd be, it sure would be nice if we didn't have, you know, a $10 million check to hand over to somebody not, you know, for somebody not to work for us. I think that that can be a little bit of a, oh, hey, maybe we should rethink how we're doing this, but I don't necessarily see the bubble for a college coach contracts burst, bursting anytime soon, though, you know, in an ideal sense, it would. It's just, it's going to be a matter of, you know, more people that are willing to to make these deals like what Pittman has at Arkansas. But, yeah, I mean, I I just don't know how popular that's going to become. But, you know, as we know, Jimmy Sexton has a lot of power in this conference, and I I don't know if he's necessarily going to all of a sudden get on board with something like that.
1: Connor, I want to switch gears a little bit and just ask you about Arkansas football in general because – I understand why people may not be all on board with Sam Pittman, like especially outside the state of Arkansas, saying that it's going to work out because, let's be honest, it's been pretty rough the past three seasons and you just hired a guy who's never been a head coach at this level, so I get it. But there's still some optimism here in Razorback land, not only because it's hard to get worse than what they are right now, but also because of the staff that Sam Pittman put together, because of the recruiting class that he was able to scrounge together without having an early signing period. It seems like he's doing a lot of things right that a lot of Razorback fans are fans of. So in your opinion, just seeing what you have from Sam Pittman so far, what what do you make of him? What do you think he can do at Arkansas? And do you think that this will be one of those risky hires that pans out very well for Arkansas?
0: I'll be honest with you. When the move came down, my initial reaction was, wow, like, That kind of says a lot about where Arkansas is at, that they can't go out and get somebody with FBS head coaching experience. I don't think that's the best look. But the more I've seen from Pittman, who, again, I said it before, and I'll say it again, I don't think he slept in that month and a half that he had to put together an entire recruiting class because what he did was incredible. And I tip my cap to him and the staff that he put together. I really, really like the addition of Barry Odom. I think he's got the ability to be one of the best defensive coordinators in all of college football. And if I'm looking for a guy to maximize talent, I think Barry Odom is, is going to be a great fit. And I think he's going to put guys in much better positions than John Chavis was last year, last couple of years at Arkansas. So I'd be excited about that. And I think there's optimism about some of these skill players with Felipe Franks and Rakeem Boyd, if he can stay healthy and obviously Trey Knox and Traylon Burks. But, yeah, in the trenches they got a long way to go. They got a long way to go, and you know that that's going to limit their ceiling obviously, and it's going to be rough against some of these elite SEC teams. But you know, in terms of the people who are saying he can't succeed because of his background, I'll push back on that just because you know what, if you're Arkansas, you've tried to do it the other way. You you, you poached a Power Five head coach who had a lot of success. You went the Group of Five route and tried to hire the the up and coming offensive mind. Why not try something like this? If we've seen anything in college football, it's that, you know what, it's not always the typical guy. I mean, look at Coach L at LSU. Look at Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma. You know, you've seen different scenarios in which, yeah, I mean, Dabble Sweeney at Clemson where, you know, he was was hanging around there and he wasn't necessarily, you know, this guy who came like a Tom Herman-like rise or something like that. So I just think that there's a lot of different ways to winning college football, and I don't think Sam Pittman's background this is his ability to win. I think it's going to be rough, but I really like what he's done so far. And I think that if you're an Arkansas fan, you've got to be encouraged by the the brief time that he's been in control there.
2: Connor, we've seen a lot of coaching changes in the SEC. So how do you see Arkansas stacking up in the SEC? Are they going to be towards the bottom? Are they going to be middle of the pack? Are they good enough to compete maybe at middle of the pack?
0: I don't think a bowl game is realistic in year one. I just don't. And I know that that's a that's a tough pill to swallow. I I think as a Power Five program going going three years without without a bowl game is just brutal. And look, I, I'm an Indiana graduate, so I got <laughs> I lived that life for a very very long time. I can honestly say that. But you know, I think that in in year one with Sam Pittman, you need to be more competitive with with the elite teams. That that's the biggest thing. It, it can't be Auburn comes in and the game's over in the middle of the first quarter. That, to me, is the biggest thing that has to change with this team. And obviously the embarrassing losses that were suffered during the Chad Morris era. You can't have San Jose State. You can't have Western Kentucky. You can't have those moments when you're like, oh, we're not even close. And to me, that's what's going to allow him to continue to build and continue to recruit because that's that's what this team needs right now. I mean, they need a complete overhaul in that mindset, obviously. and Arkansas fans, of course, are star for that, but... I think that this team is going to be able to give more teams some problems than last year, and it involves the big question of quarterback with Felipe Franks and how he's going to blend with Kendall Bryles. Will his experience with Dan Mullen being a bit of more of a mobile quarterback help him out in that regard? I think it can, but I think that with Arkansas, the margin for error is small. They don't have the depth right now. They need to stay healthy just to to not be a complete doormat in that division. But I think there are going to be moments where you realize that Sam Pittman has the thing in the right direction,
1: and maybe that'll
0: take a while to get the SEC win and losing streak out of the way. But I think that there will be signs that this is not the Chad Morris era. And if you're an Arkansas fan, I think that's what you can hope for in year one.
1: We'll continue our discussion with Connor O'Gara here in just a little bit, but want to remind everybody about Rock Auto and this podcast that it's sponsored by. It's a fantastic deal because – Listen, we all like to work on our own vehicles, but a lot of cases, the reason we don't take them to dealerships and other shops is because they charge us so much, especially when the parts and the labor go together, it just ends up being so unaffordable. But luckily for all of you do-it-yourselfers out there, Rock Auto is there for you. You can order them straight from online from so many different vehicles and makes and models, all of that, and they're extremely low prices. I have never seen anything like it. I needed some stuff for my truck, and immediately went to rock auto and it was so easy to find and it was so much cheaper than going to any other store i had to look at it and and do it and almost try to figure out how i could believe it it was such a great deal so head over to rockauto.com where you can use any type of vehicle and for any type of parts at a very low price right locked on and how did you hear about us box on the website so they can know that i sent you over there again rockauto.com All you ever need for your vehicles, all the parts, all the makes, all the models, rockauto.com.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary.
1: You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Now, Connor, I want to bring up an article that you wrote, because I'm sure you got a lot of people that were throwing different ideas, and probably were some of them that were upset. But I thought it was interesting that uh, you had this debate of who is the SEC's biggest surprise team in a good way of a surprise team of the 21st century. And some of the teams you brought up was 05 Alabama, 2010 Auburn, 2012 A&M, 2013 Missouri, 2013 Auburn, and 2018 Florida. The team that I would add in, and this is just I want your thought on it, is the 2006 Arkansas Razorbacks because they were picked to finish sixth in the West that year, uh, which was dead last at the time. Ended up winning the West. Obviously, lost three straight games to end the season. But was that a team that you maybe thought about throwing into that list as far as one of the more pleasant surprises of the SEC this century?
0: Yeah, there's a, there's absolutely a case to be made for that. Um, the reason that they didn't make the cut was because I set the I set a criteria of you had to be preseason unranked and then finish the season in the top ten, or I wanted to include 2010 Auburn. So I said if you were outside of the preseason top 15 and you won a national title, that would give you you know, the right to be called one of the surprise teams because only two teams since 1991 uh, have done that, the other one being 2000 Oklahoma. So I thought that was still a worthy thing to make 2010 Auburn a surprise. But, yeah, I mean, 2006 Arkansas is, is a fantastic example of that. And, you know, maybe the fact that they had that that brutal deflating loss in the opener to, to a really good USC team Uh, Maybe that's part of that, Um, and and, you know, maybe a little bit of the confirmation bias kind of creeps back in when you end the season like that with three straight losses. But, I mean, goodness gracious, Darren McFadden and and what that team was able to tell that year, it was fun. It it was really fun to watch, and I think that there are a lot of moments where if you're an Arkansas fan, you'd give anything to just get back to that because the USC game, in a weird way, and maybe you guys could answer this better than I could, it probably knocked expectations back down even more so that when they go on that winning streak, it makes it that much more special, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, this is incredible!" Getting into the top five in late November, this is how you draw it up. But yeah, I think that there's definitely a case to be made. Had they won the SEC championship, you know, maybe that that gets Arkansas into the conversation uh, for you know one of those top two or, or three spots. But I, I felt that 2013 Auburn really had a legitimate case to be made after going from a winless SEC season to, of course, national runner-ups. But, yeah, those, those seasons are the ones that you, you look back on and you appreciate. And, you know, maybe nationally it didn't get enough love. Losing the last three games certainly played a part in that. But uh, definitely one. if I'm coming off the list of you know, top ten or top six or seven or something like that, 2006 Arkansas is a very good argument.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Maybe they can have that type of season this year, pick dead last in the West and end up winning the West. Probably not, yeah. but Razorback fans can be hopeful. That is Connor O'Gara of Saturday Down South. Really appreciate it as always, Connor. Have a great one, man. Looking forward to catching up with you later down the road, all right? Yeah, appreciate it, guys. Well, appreciate everybody listening in to the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel next week. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you then.
0: Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.
2: The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your
1: bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network